Professor, there's nothing wrong with robosexuality. Yeah, when the lights go out, it's nobody's business what goes on between two consenting adults. Or one. Welcome to the world of tomorrow. This is Back to the Futurama, your podcast voyage through the Comedy Central reboot of one of the greatest TV shows Fox ever canceled. I'm Mike. And I'm Ben. And today we're talking about Season 6, Episode 4, Proposition Infinity. Now, I want to point out that usually during these uh, uh, disastrous opening bits that I like the to trademark do... Disaster- trademark. They're trademarked at this point. I, I try to usually... This is that we're going. We're this is a departure today, but usually I try to tie it into the episode. Okay, but today I, 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 I will. I will just say I was very tired this morning because uh, last night, for whatever reason, I got the giggles. Okay, and this giggle fit gave me a couple of good uh, uh, IP ideas for the podcast. I'm terrified to ask, but okay, hit me with them. So first. Uh, this one's mostly in most of them. To be fair, are were were twisted creations of hashtag Team Mike's wife's mind. Okay. Um, the first one is you know the you know the uh, uh, the bear mascot of uh, Snuggle, the little cute yeah. Snuggle bear that's very soft. And you want to snuggle with it. Now think of it if if it was a demon. It was like Snuggle. Okay, so uh, that's get, one getting spoopy for Halloween. Getting, getting right. that good spoop in, um, yeah. So that's number one. Here's my 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 favorite one though. That I only have two, and this one's my favorite. Okay, so you know how Jim Carrey is a person. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on, okay, hold yeah. on. Okay. I mean, we have to start at the base. Okay, Jim, Jim Carrey, person. person. Okay, person that acted in a movie called Liar Liar. I have seen it, yes. And also The Mask. I have also seen that. Okay, great. Consider this. I, I will, I will dis- describe how we got there in a moment. Instead of James, Jim's, instead of J- Jim Carrey. Instead of James Carrey. Which, I, which is part of the, the, the origin story of what I'm about to say. What about Jeremy Carrey, The Claw Mask. <laughs> Jeremy Caramy the Claw Mask. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Would you like me to describe how I got to Jeremy This Caramy? has been a great podcast, everyone. Thanks for listening. <laughs> this is the last moments of this podcast that ever... We understand. You have all unsubscribed at this point. <laughs> There's disastrous bits, and there is tanking the entire podcast. No, I don't think it's that bad this time. Okay, how did you come to okay, the... So, my wife was like using the claw and she she has not seen liar liar she does not know the context for the claw i had to explain it to her later um but she's like trying to get me with the claw and i was like no you're desecrating james carey and then stacy's like james more like jeremy Jeremy. okay and then we kind of went off on that tangent so now, uh, those are a couple of good IPs that I think Back to the Futurama is uniquely p- positioned to exploit. Okay, so uh, explain to me, real quick. Yes. 
how you expect to get Jeremy Caramy the Claw Mask okay. involved in this podcast. What 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 does that look like? Um, you know how we have ghost Jeremy all over the place? Yeah, all over the place. I'm thinking we have a League of Jeremy's. <laughs> the League of Jeremy's. Yes. Okay. Ghost Jeremy and Jeremy Caramy. <laughs> and Go- they, and and we are the protagonists and they are the antagonists that only want us to do bad podcasts. So what they do is they just kind of sit and wait because we're going to do a bad podcast. So this so basically what you're saying is Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Okay. But it's an evil league of Jeremy's. Yes. Who are obsessed with us doing bad podcasts. Uh-huh. And then to make sure we do that, they're actually very supportive in us getting to the podcast a studio where we can do the podcast. So what you're saying is their evil fiend is to let us do the thing they want to destroy because we will destroy it ourselves. Yes. Okay. That actually works pretty well. It does. I This is my new headcanon to this podcast. If... You are Jeremy and want to join the <laughs> League of Jeremy's. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for the day. The now. first Jeremy that emails. No, I'm waiting for okay. a rival podcast <laughs> called the League of Jeremy's, which will be a Back to the Futurama podcast. Uh, a Back to the Futurama re-listen podcast uh-huh. of the re-listens of the rewatches of Futurama. Let's just go down that rabbit hole. And their entire podcast will be about destroying us from the inside. I love the fact that that we came... I love the League of Jeremy's concept. I really do. I, I have nothing else. Okay. I, I just, I've given my all to this podcast. I'm just really curious <laughs> now. I I hope you... A, a League of Jeremy's is an honest-to-God Google bomb where you get, like, one hit. Or what is... No, what, that's not called a Google bomb. What is that called? Oh, you assume I'm Googling this. Oh, it's fair. I was using the industry term, I suppose. You were duck duck going it. League of Jeremy's.com is available for $12.99. <laughs> now, do I buy League of Jeremy's.com? <laughs> Although, how does one pluralize Jeremy? Ooh, that's a good point. Is it J E R E M I E S? Or is it like monkeys, where it's you, you don't. Do well, I which monkeys? The, uh, then animals. Oh, okay, because it's then it's E E S because that's hey hey we're the monkeys. But you're right. That's, that's I feel good. like you need to buy both. Yeah, because otherwise people might use the wrong one and be exactly. Well, we league, would be derelict in our in our st- stance against the League of Jeremy's, which by the way is just trying to get us to do the podcast that we're currently doing. <laughs> Leagueofjeremys.com, the other spelling, is also available. So, uh, anyways, if you are a League of Jeremys, you know what you need to do. Let's We know what we need to do, and that is this podcast. Let's Th- talk thank about... Thank you, League of Jeremys, for your support, but also dang you for your, your evil. Let's talk about Proposition Infinity. Uh, yes. It starts out at Amy's apartment. It's fancy. They are. It's very fancy and very pink. I think that makes sense based on Amy's uh, usual wardrobe. Uh huh. Uh, they are watching Linda and Morbo, and um, in I think sort of a proto purred happily moment, mm-hmm. they cut to Jim, who is upside down in a helicopter, reporting on a fatal crash, where he says, 
I just learned my final words were, back to you, Linda. And then a giant explosion happens. I I do like the fact that tying that, not tying that, but like drawing that line from this this moment to Perd Happily. Uh Are there any good Perd Happily podcasts? Uh, I want to make one. That's (laughs) all I've ever wanted now, now that you say that. I would instantly mash that subscribe button. I love Perd Happily if you, so much. If you are the if you have a Perd Happily podcast or know of one, please tweet at Back to Futurama. So uh Kiff is really upset because they're watching the news and he feels that there's too much violence on the news. Uh he suggests turning it to a cooking show, but there could be chopping. That is so. also pretty violent. So uh, Amy tells him to stop being such a spineless coward. So yeah, they get into this weird argument about how Amy basically thinks Kiff is a wuss. Yeah. Which, to be fair... Sure. Amy, you kind of knew all of this about Kiff. Yes. Like, from day one. Yeah, Kiff is a very kind-hearted soul. And I, I am not here for her taking it out on Kiff when... Kiff has always just been Kiff. It's I, true. I am, I am in Kiff's corner. I am also in Kiff's corner. Meanwhile, there is a tile work graffiti artist on the loose. Desecrating with, the urine-stained walls of New New York. Which is basically going around making these like tile mosaics all over town, which as far as graffiti goes, I think that's pretty rad. Yeah. Uh, They're all of Bender's face. We find out that it's bender he goes on a bender (laughs) of graffitiing well done and uh he he sets it up on the side of a bridge abutment a hover bus stop over an obama styled nixon poster that says despair uh at cloney island station and my favorite over a freeway ends at corner sign when he puts over the mosaic it says free corn the 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 hyper chicken lawyer is like, free corn, well, I got to get that, and speeds up and crashes. It's a good moment. Yo, I mean, I get that. There's a lot that I will do for free food. That's true. (laughs) Uh, I'm not usually on the hyper chicken's side, Mm -hmm. but here I'm like, yo, I get you. Free, Free corn. It's like, yeah, I guess there's a neighborhood meeting. Oh, but there's free corn? I'll go to this neighborhood meeting. I mean, look, I've got social anxiety. There's a lot of things I won't do simply because of the number of people that are there. But you say there's going to be plenty of free food and it's going to be good free food. Uh, I will probably be going to that. I would even take decent free food. I would not take bad free food, but I would take better than about average. Yeah, I, I take that. W- what I'm telling you is that we really like food. Last but not least, Bender graffitis Earl's butt. While noting the proper way to do this is by knowing exactly when to strike. Striking Earl's butt, probably not the best one, and immediately gets arrested. We cut back to Amy's apartment. It is now 4 a.m. Which the, the clock tower in New York very loudly says, The time is now 4 a.m. And they are still fighting. Basically, the the crux of it all is still that Kiff is a wuss. Like, it is pointed out that... I mean, I don't remember exactly what's said here. All I know is that at some point, Kiff uh, 
bad mouths the sexy fireman calendar that she's got which like i i, po- I want to point out the sexy calendar the 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 man on the sex calendar says it's canadian independence day mm-hmm, just july 1st did you know that i did not but i just love that moment again i kiff is a kind soul and i will not take to to tarnishing his his whole thing i don't like it i don't like any of it it is it is very it's strangely atypical because in literally every other episode where Kiff and Amy are involved there's some double meaning behind that but anyways <laughs> anytime they're they're apart Amy is like oh i miss Kiff so much and then when they're together she's like i love Kiff so much right it's a very weird character shift for her to suddenly be like and he's such a wuss that's fair, although I could see like that interpersonal relationship kind of thing, like just like, like you just building it up it's over cute time at and then first boom. and then Yeah. Okay. I could see it. Um I I don't like because, uh, again, I I like to consider myself a kind soul and I feel uh per- personally attacked by Amy in this episode. Mm-hmm. Although I will just say I'm secure enough in my own manhood that if my girlfriend wanted a sexy fireman calendar, I would not be threatened by it at all. Canadian Independence Day or not. <laughs> Canadian Independence Day be damned. <laughs> At that point, Amy's phone rings. It's a belching sound. She knows that it's Bender because of the smell. I hate the idea <laughs> of a smell of vision of a ringtone. of a ringtone that has smells because did I did I ever tell you the worst ringtone battle that ever happened? No, but I want to. You might have, and I've forgotten, but I still want so, you, and I want you to say it on the podcast. Many years ago, I worked at a place where these these guys moved into our same office area, totally different department. We never even spoke, but each one of them had. This, like, I swear, it had to have been this ongoing contest over who could have the most annoying ringtone. Sure. One of the guys uh, definitely had the minions from Despicable Me oh, going, okay. That's such a terrible ringtone. It is cute approximately three times. Wow, that's more times than I would have expected. Point three times I could get. <laughs> um... But the one, the one that really took the cake was this guy who, first of all, he would always leave his cell phone on his desk and then go wander off for like an hour. So his phone would be going off. Not, this, not on mute. This a, man is a war criminal. It's a cellular phone. It's built so you can take it with you. That is literally the point of the thing. His cell phone was a recording of his daughter going, and I quote, and if you're listening to on earbuds... You've been warned. Wow, okay. It was a recording of his daughter going, Daddy, pick up the phone! Daddy, pick up the phone! Daddy, pick up the phone! Why? Why would you do such a thing? That phone went off 12 times a day. I I want to point out something. Yeah. I want to commend you for your... your, <laughs> your your patience, really, because you didn't throw that phone right out the dang window. <laughs> you would have been well within your rights, my friend. Oh, yeah. 100%. Oh, my. Who, 
These men need to be stopped. So my point is, having audible ringtones are already bad enough. That's fair. I do not ever want phones to emanate smells. Oh, now now I'm just thinking about the fact that people like what you described. What is what is the what is the smell equivalent of a ringtone of a child yelling, "Daddy, pick up the phone." It's got to be a dirty diaper. It's got to be. That's the equivalent, and I don't want it. It's it's like this is the this was the smell I recorded of my baby's first poop. Yeah, because it, it it definitely because here's my concept of what this person was trying to do. May not be right, maybe not. There is that instinct of reacting to some like that that child noise. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's cry, maybe it's a yelling, whatever. So what what smell has that same instinct? It's dirty diapers. Okay, but I'm gonna I'm gonna counter that oh. point. I don't know if I want you to. No, I'm going to counter that point because I get where you're going with this like instinct of like my child is yelling. I need to like be aware of it. Yes. You set that as your ringtone. That ringtone is now crying wolf every single time oh, it rings. Dang. So your you're child right. is literally being murdered by a serial killer. And you're just like, I should have put my phone on freaking mute. Yes. Like you're okay. That is a good counter argument to this person. I'm, I'm not saying I would do this. I'm just trying to inhabit the, the mind of this. I don't even know. I, I don't know how to describe this person. Cause I can't even imagine it. Anyways, Bender calls. <laughs> and that's he where is, we started. He this. is, he is called from prison because he's been arrested for this graffiti that he's been putting all over new, New York. He basically in no and doesn't mince any words and is like I come bail me out I will do not make me wait. Uh-huh. Even going so far as to say I know you have the money because that place where you've hidden $10,000 there's $5,000 in there. <laughs> Just like Bender left it there and like I'll know I'll need this. But- it's good to have a stash somewhere, man. <laughs> but it's it's not your his stash. He stole half of it and left the rest there in case he needed to get bailed out. If you know where that stash is, it's still your stash. Fair point. So uh, they go to pick Bender up on Will Riker's Island. Uh, Star re- Trek reference. It's true. Like, hey. Hey, look at that. Look at us. We know what we're talking about occasionally. Uh, Roberto is is telling Bender how easy it is to kill somebody with a sock and is stabbing things with the sock. Uh, this is Bender then realizes he needs to make a shiv to save his life. And he takes out a piece of wood and a knife and starts whittling a shiv. And uh, so at that point, they arrive to pick Bender up. And uh, Kiff is really upset because he feels that Amy gets immediately attracted to literally any bad boy. Amy immediately starts flirting with Larry, the murder burglar. Also, Amy has a tattoo of her mom on her butt. That is the implication, yes. Which raises some questions of all the places to get a tattoo of your mom. I will. That is fair. I agree. But this is actually mentioned before in canon. Well, I know she's got a tattoo on her butt because that's canonical. Yeah. We are now finding out it's of her mom, though. Exactly. That is a good point. It is a choice. But the talking tattoo on her butt has a different voice from her mom's voice. Maybe she she got another tattoo of her of, on her butt. Okay. She's got a lot of butt tattoos. I'm not here to judge. Hey, I'm just surprised. Where else could you get a tattoo that you you don't have to show your parents can't know about? That's fair. Even if it is of your literal parents. 
that's confusing but fair. <laughs> confusing but fair. Back to the Futurama. Confusing but fair. So. <laughs> no, no, the real one for Back to the Futurama is confusing and dumb. Yeah, a- Amy's like, I don't fall in love with every bad boy. And at that point, they are transferring a criminal who tries to take Amy captive. And she's like, hey, big boy. <laughs> Once Earl takes the, the criminal out, Kiff's like, we're over and storms out the door. Bender pulls out his accordion and is like, <laughs> let's go already. I like his little song. I would set that as a ringtone. <laughs> That's a good. That's a good Futurama ringtone. It's true. I I do I do like it. It's a, it's a really good uh, uh, vocal take. They are lamenting Amy's newfound, uh, not quite divorce mm-hmm. because they were never technically married. They were fun fun ruse. Uh, they're at the Forbidden Planet Hollywood, and which is a restaurant I would want to go to. Yes, also where, t- where tourists mingle with other tourists. Also, I want to know what sort of cool technology they have where it literally just rains martinis out of little mini clouds i'm into that well i mean i know that we're doing some cool stuff with like cocktails like i remember now this is probably not real but but in parks and recreation (laughs) there were cocktails (laughs) that you inhaled yes i don't think that's i it may not be i don't know maybe it is a real thing who knows who knows i prefer we don't go to that kind of bar i'm in this regard, my, very much more a Ron Swanson. I'll take my Lagavulin neat, please. <laughs> in the mouth, in liquid form. That's fair. I, I I like my beer as a topical salve. Bender is still being a jerk. He has stolen some... Uh, I believe it's Bigfoot's feet. Bigfoot's feet, and also the head of Lassie in a jar. Which has a lot of questions. And he's also just being a jerk to Amy directly, who is, you know, currently very distraught over her Fon Fon Rue leaving her. Because she was attracted to jerks. She then kind of threatens Bender with, you know what I did the last time somebody was a real big jerk to me? Specifically, do you know what happened to the last guy who told me to shut up? Ah, I see. Yes. Thank you for being more precise. And then smash cut to Amy's bed. Amy is in it with Bender. The implication is that they just boned. They boned down hard. How many times on this podcast am I going to say the implication is that they boned? Because I'm pretty sure I did the same thing in The Beast (laughs) with a Billion Backs. I think every time the implication is that they boned is that you have to say it. That's just a running gag at this point, I think. Okay. Um, We also... Like Jeremy Caramy. Ah, he's come back. The League of Jeremy's. Jumps in the fray again. See, I always knew that by the end of this uh, podcast run... We'd be self-indulgent? We, we would, started self-indulgent. We would be going so far off the rails <laughs> that we would barely be talking about Futurama. I didn't expect that focus of it to shift to so many Jeremy's. <laughs> Back to the Futurama. So many Jeremy's. <laughs> I don't know why we've done... We've made this... I'll yes, I'll go ahead and call it art. I don't know why we've done it, but we have this Jeremy related art. We also find out at this point that love between a human and a robot is taboo because Amy tells Bender directly. The next day at Planet Express, Hermes has come down with circusitis. I I we're going to keep going, but I'm going to just stop the podcast here and complain for a little bit 
because Hermes having circusitis is the best part of this episode, and we get about a minute of it, and I want more. There is absolutely no closure on circusitis. He, he just, has it. And then he doesn't. He's better. Uh-huh. But he literally sneezes and turns into a clown with a clown nose and has a, a infinite scarf coming out of his nose, and he takes his feet out of a, a, a water bath, and there's clown feet. And I... I want more of this content. My favorite part is when he goes to take his medication and then spring snakes come out of it. <laughs> yes. Yes. This is the good. This is a great part of this episode and it is less than a minute long. Wait, no. And I'm very disappointed about no, it. No, my actual favorite part is that when Leela says, wait, I thought only, uh, I thought circusitis only affected children. And then Hermes in a very sullen, afflicted <laughs> sort of way is like children of all ages see this is my point this should have been the episode i don't care about proposition infinity i want this this is the futurama that i crave that good circusitis visual gag humor with hermes turning into a clown think about how you could literally put him in the circus with this he could be dancing and sad about it he could be a sad clown with clownitis or circusitis there's so many things you could do with this and they they just left it all on the table okay that's it's a missed opportunity and i'm saddened by it because i want more circusitis it is pretty good that being said i can't be sure if they gave me just the right amount of circusitis before it would go bad for me okay you, you leave your audience wanting more circusitis okay i believe uh that's the first Barnum himself said that exactly. about circusitis. See, maybe that's maybe that's the forbidden joke about this. Maybe maybe I I found something. Meanwhile, <laughs> Bender has a little lipstick on his face, which he claims is blood from shaving the face beard. Uh, Fry points out that it looks like there's gear imprints on Amy's uh, sweatpants. Also, Bender's wearing them. Yep, and then. Um, I don't remember. Do it at this point. Is this when they're just like, yeah, whatever, we're dating? Or I think we find out about it later. Um, I didn't actually write that down. So I think I think it goes back to Hermes making more more circusitis jokes. And again, I was you can clearly tell I was focused on so the circusitis. Ba- basically, what you're saying is that circusitis solely acts as a bookend to this one scene. Yeah. Because they have no other good transition for it. Oh, don't tell me that. That feels like... They, they could have at least... Ca- no. More circusitis. Bender and Amy are walking down the street holding hands, and the robot preacher... Uh, preacher bot? I believe it's preacher, preacher bot. bot. Yeah. I've, done, I've talked about so many robots on there's this, so I can't many, tell. But there's so many robots. Preacher bot says that uh, human dating a robot is an abomination and they really start to like uh, he gets a whole like mob to yeah. mobilize and then bender shouts look a single mother let's get her and they all run off and then um yeah i okay mm-hmm. i mean i get what they're going for but it is not great oh right and of course they don't know that uh the planet express crew doesn't know that they're dating yet because there's a big reveal in like the next scene <laughs> It's heavily implied, but, you know, my, the my, plot does not indicate it's time for them to know yet. I was booking it through my notes because I got stuck at a train on my way home. And so they go to Planet Tornadus uh, because the professor 
wants to enter in the county fair. Uh, he's submitting his various pickled weathers. This this is the absurdest content I'm here for. Circusitis and pickled weather. His his current, I I guess, uh, however however you want to say, it, he's currently got sunny, snow flurries, hail with onions. And the professor's grandmother's recipe for cranberry raisin typhoon. Yo, hook me up with some of that hail with onions because I'm all about that. I was kind of excited about the cranberry raisin typhoon. I want to know how that tastes. How that works in a pickle, I'll never understand. The professor wants... The one thing he doesn't have is a tornado. And he needs it so that Mrs. Girdleson doesn't take the blue ribbon again. So he has the crew go out to capture a tornado... Which is a great concept, which immediately. I'm, I'm not sure how they do it because we don't find out how they do it. I, I just so, love because most, uh, most of what we actually see is the setup where no uh-huh. one can hear anybody. Oh, yeah. No, this is my favorite scene in the whole it's episode. Such, this is, yeah, you're right. This is the scene that impacts the plot. That is my favorite. Circusitis is my favorite gag. This, this scene is like being, work, like working for a company where no one communicates effectively. Yeah. Because it's the exact same thing just about, you know, work instead of capturing tornadoes in jars. But they're all on jetpacks flying around this tornado with laser guns. And Leela's barking out instructions. And everybody's like, what was that? I couldn't hear you. At the end of the countdown, Zyberg's like, I'm ready for the countdown. And then uh, Leela's like, what? I can't hear. Abort the mission. And this awesome zoom in (laughs) on fry's face where he's like she said go and somehow everybody heard that one because they all start firing wildly (laughs) so there's just a whole lot of movement and flying around and everybody gets kind of sucked into the tornado and then we do a smash cut back inside the planet (laughs) express ship and everybody's like well we did it that went better than expected yeah, and somehow it's they've so they've captured this tornado and leave that. I, they they left the exact <laughs> correct thing to the viewer's imagination. That that whole scene from the moment that they're out in this windy tornado field and shouting, and then just everything the chaos is so good. Everything up t- until that smash cut where Lila's like, honestly, that went better than expected. Like the e- that whole point is so good it's, i it's, i love it oh it's so good the professor now now that they've captured this tornado he needs to reduce it down to the pickle jar and he throws in a bay leaf to to appease the judges he's distilling this down into a small mason jar mm-hmm. and uh they see in this big tornado that they have in this like giant tube amy's sweatshirt flying around bender's accordion is in there his his hat from the Playa's ball is in there. Of course. And uh, they're like, oh, no, the tornado got Bender and Amy. And then as the tornado in the tube sort of finishes being... It dissipates, yeah. Dis- it dissipates because it's been distilled down in the small mason mm-hmm. jar. Amy and Bender are in there. Amy is wearing nothing but underwear. Mm-hmm. And uh, they are... Canoodling. Let's go with that. <laughs> so at this point, they find out about the relationship and the professor immediately hates it. Yeah. He doesn't want robosexuals underneath his roof. 
and Bender then suggests maybe on the roof then or maybe in the gutter because they were told to get their minds out of the gutter uh we also get a great line here where hermes is like hey when the lights go out it's nobody's business what happens between two consenting adults and zoidberg chimes in or one <laughs> which is very good the professor makes a couple of phone calls and after the first one Amy's parents come in and literally lasso her. Yeah, they sure do. And take her home. And then the second phone call, the preacher bot comes in and uses like a magnet on a chain to pull Bender out. And so then we cut to the Wong ranch. She insists that it's not a problem. She's in a loving relationship that just happens to be robosexual. Before she can finish Robosexual, though, Leo yells, don't say that or you'll kill your parents. There's also the wine robot here where her parents are like, oh, you're going to fall in love with the stupid wine robot. Amy says, I'm in love with Bender, not this emotionless wine bucket. Hopes deleted. (laughs) A a single tear. (laughs) And it's so good. I feel like I'm pretty sure this is also a meme and I, I adore it. It's very good. It's so good. Bender. What is, what is what is with the new Comedy Central one being like? Ha, ha, they're very memeable. Yeah. Very memeable or maybe even built around memes. Maybe. Because I don't want to live on this planet anymore is also from the yeah. new season. There you go. And we're only four episodes in. We're getting like meme central over Me- here. Meme o'clock. Meanwhile. Meme while. Me. Ooh. Ooh. Bender is off at a robosexual reprogramming camp it's called camp rectifier and basically the preacher bot is uh trying to get all the uh robosexual robots to denounce their evil ways and only love other robots uh their emotions will be reprogrammed through prayer and some it guys from india i i do there is one point that i i I don't know. It just feels like it needs to be mentioned. It's not a funny thing or anything, but um, one of the robots says that in Esquired, it says that some robots are hardwired to be robosexual. There's a lot of good puns in that. Yeah. The the preacher bot takes the magazine, tears it up and says, that's a lie. The only lies worth believing are the ones in the Bible. I just wanted to throw that one out there. So back at the Wong Ranch, Amy's parents are... Just lining up a whole row mm-hmm. of cowboy types. I, I want to point out, uh, like, there's a very funny visual m- moment where Amy's, like, very angrily, like, going back and forth in a swinging bench. And y- I've totally done this before where it's like, I'm not enjoying this, but I'm still going to swing. <laughs> if it swings, I'm going to swing in it. Exactly. Like- but it's like an angry swing. Like, I. Arr. But uh, so, yeah, there's a, a line of cowboy types. And her parents are like, you have to choose one of these cowboyish men because we are we want grandchildren nine months from five minutes from now. Literally what Inez says. It's so good. She's like... Very specific. She's implying boning. Ooh. There's a lot of implications here. Fry shows up and uh, comes to rescue Amy from her robosexual desires. Wink. There's a lot of visual visual winking. Yeah, because they're, you know, winking and her parents are 
as she puts it, they may be evil, but they're also dumb. But <laughs> he's even Leo's even like, oh, look at all this awkward winking. It's a match made in heaven. Like <laughs> it must be love. That's true. I do. I do love that moment. And then, uh, oh boy, this camp scene is yeah. So back at the camp, what was it called? Rectifier. Camp rectifier. Uh, the preacher bot is having the robots all wrestle with their demons, which is actual like wrestling with these dolls that are made to look like humans. I don't know how much wrestling they were doing. I mean. You you put we're welcome to Ben's euphemism corner. <laughs> so we, I, I think we've been here for a while. So yeah, the preacher bot is also he's got some repressed sort of feelings because sure. he is getting way too into it and like sweating and getting real uh, gross with how yeah. he's uh, giving these instructions, talking about how the sin should be going currently, mm-hmm. and now that it's over cuddle with your demons i'd also like to point out this is the moment when my girlfriend got home oh yes it was the perfect <laughs> moment so she walks in to watch uh <laughs> preacher bot get preacher bot get just horny for this one <laughs> uh while a bunch of robots are making out with different human like dolls yeah yeah it was <laughs> It was even describing it as weird as as anything. It was very weird. <laughs> so yeah, at this point, we find out that Amy is actually hiding in the doll that Bender is uh, now cuddling with, mm-hmm. and also so is Fry and Leela and Zoidberg. Who note they could have just waited in the ship. <laughs> they should have, I believe. Uh, I I honestly think they should have because it was weird. Back at Planet Express, Bender is tired of pussyfoot cupping around, which I love that phrase. It's, it's great. It's it's certainly something. He proposes to Amy. He pulls out a ring that has an Exhibit A tag still on it. Classy. He's Bender is nothing if not classy. Mm-hmm. The professor says, oh, I'm happy I didn't live to see this day and says, wait, and takes his pulse and after a beat, it beats his heart beats. He's like, no. To test it out, to make sure it's real, Amy also cuts Zoidberg open, hit like his shell open, and you can see all his organs. Um, yeah, my girlfriend also was kind of weirded out at that. I don't think I really helped matters by saying, oh, it's just Zoidberg. He's a lobster. No, you didn't. You really didn't help things. <laughs> I'm not in the business of helping things, really. Not when Jeremy Caramy is around. Uh Uh-huh. No, not when the League of Jeremy's is around ruining this podcast. (laughs) The nice thing is, if we blame it on a League of Jeremy's... We have no culpability anymore. Yeah, exactly. We're just doing our best. We're we're trying to live our our life. Get a one-star review on iTunes. Say iTunes instead of iTunes. Well, that was the League of Jeremy's. (laughs) Get a one-star review on iTunes. Ooh, iTunes is a great Halloween alternative. Yeah, it is. It's spooky one. ITunes. Yeah, I like it. See, coming up with all kinds of ideas here. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> it is pointed out that robosexual marriage is illegal basically everywhere except space Massachusetts. Uh, Bender says, more like space taxachusetts. It's like, so- wow, that's very... 
anti-space Massachusetts tax structure, I guess. I have nothing against Space Massachusetts or Space Boston, just for the record. Mm -hmm. Space Boston, Space Massachusetts, of course. You got to get the full address in there for the Mm -hmm. to make sure everybody knows what we're talking about. So they go to the Gearwitch Village Pride Parade, and there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on here. There's a lot of uh, stereotypes from uh, like it's a weird line that they kind of skirt in this one, where they're like, "We want robosexuals to sort of follow those the same yeah." gay sort of uh tropes Mm -hmm. which i didn't really think they needed to go there yeah it's not it's not the worst thing they've done it's but it's concerning i mean they're skirting that line again of like because so this whole episode is like current events because this was happening right when proposition eight was happening in california which was a bill that would uh that was designed to prevent uh, same-sex marriage in the state of California. Mm-hmm. This was kind of the, this, the message against yeah, that. Yeah, this, this was... Um, or just like... It was just current of... I don't... I mean, that's the thing. It's not even a comment against it. It's, it's just like a... satire. Again, it's not satire. It's really not. Because Futurama's pretty bad at satire. Yeah. It's just like, this is a thing one. that's going on right now. Uh, we clearly have to that. turn that into three, the year 3017 or We whatever. did Susan Boyle last week. Let's do Proposition 8 this week. Yeah. So, uh, anyways, it's a, like, pride parade, and uh, Bender gives a pretty great speech about how all other types of marriage are legal, whether it's robot and robot, or man and woman, or man and man, or ghost and horse, which, I love the ghost and horse. There was it's also, such a dumb joke. It's a very dumb joke. There was also interracial and interplanetary, Uh huh. which I, well, I, I like the interplanetary because it was hg blob again and i always do appreciate when hg blob shows up but uh but yeah i like the ghost and horse joke because it's sort of random and also there's just a ghost with a horse inside of it floating there yeah that is kind of it's a funny visual um and then later on they try to they get everybody to boo something or like they don't want you to live (laughs) your life and and then the everyone boos and the ghost is like boo it's a very good joke uh, I, I am just glad they layered that one because that that's good. oh yeah. So Bender says that they've uh, started an initiative, Proposition Infinity, which was a not so subtle reference to uh, Proposition Eight because you just turn eight on yep. its side. There you go. I explained the fun out of that joke. Good job, Ben. You did it. <laughs> Explaining the fun of the joke. Back to the Futurama, <laughs> and then we have things like the League of Jeremy's, which we're never going to explain to you. So uh, on. Morbo and Linda, they are. Morbo says that Proposition Infinity looks doomed. Uh, they, for their fair and balanced reporting, they are sponsored by Nove on Infinity and play an ad with so much stock footage of clouds and and most of the words, the the like the voice lines are like, think about the things that might happen if robosexual marriage was illegal, and then think about how you'd feel. I can't tell you how I'd feel because I couldn't think of any. You know how easy it is to make a political attack ad? A friend of mine once called me a hipster. And so in response, I spent an hour and a half making a political attack ad against him where I took a bunch of photos of him from Facebook and then put it over scary music 
and then uh, did a voiceover that was like, Nate's never gone on record saying that he doesn't eat babies. Um, (laughs) And uh, the funny thing is, I, I, so I put it on YouTube, but I didn't, I, I put it as private so that people can just find it. Yeah. He constantly requests the link back to that one because he's like, oh, I got to show this to somebody else. I, I said it as private so that like all these rando people wouldn't be like, oh, well, who's this Nate guy? He wants that link. So he, he, it's part of his legacy at this point. It really is. It must come up a lot. It's like, hey, you know that cool friend I have been? He he made a political attack ad for me because I called him a jerk or something. Because he called me a hipster. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he called me a hipster and I made a political attack ad against him. You sure showed him. That says a lot about me. <laughs> it sure does. It says way more about me than it does him. Oh, yes. He probably had an offhand remark that he probably didn't think about ever again until he heard, oh, you made an attack ad about me because I called you a hipster once. So, yeah, it's yes, a, they, it does say a lot about you, Ben. There's a political attack ad on Proposition Infinity. So many clouds. So many clouds. It is also paid for by the Farnsworth Foundation. Yep. Uh, then we find out there's going to be a debate. Bender is representing pro Proposition mm-hmm. Infinity. Uh, the professor can't remember who is representing anti yeah he, he forgets the name it's you know that guy and then it cuts to the debate and he's like pointing up the pointing up at the screen at himself he's like yeah that's him i i mean i know that i've talked about elastic intelligence for fry but it runs in the family it sure does george takei's head and neck is also moderating the debate and uh i do like how he says you may applaud <laughs> and everybody does and when, when, when George Takei tells you to do something, or you may do something, you should probably do it. Yeah, if he walked into a room and he was like, you may applaud. I would be like, all right, yeah, I'll applaud. I'll- I would applaud and then be like, hey, George Takei, why are you here? Like, Why are you here? In the, are, you gonna, are, you, are you guessing on our podcast, George Takei? George Takei, if you want to guess on this podcast, I think this is the second time <laughs> we have offered that. But yeah, just uh-huh. let us know. Yeah, uh, and avoid the League of Jeremy's at all costs. Bender's whole point is basically like, this is just about equality and uh, our love isn't any different from yours, except it's hotter because I'm involved. Sure. But that's that's the Bender thing, not necessarily about the mm-hmm. robosexuality. The professor's main argument is that it's perverted, which Bender responds with, you wouldn't know perversion if it put clamps on your testicles. Well, I mean, you know, I, I, I don't even have anything to say about that. And then the professor sort of details his his bigger argument, which is basically that he was in love with this woman named Eunice, mm-hmm. who uh, they worked in a lab together uh, making poison to eliminate posies. Mm-hmm. They were in so much love, and they were together for like 40-something years. Yeah. And then one day, he came home to find her in bed with a robot. Dun dun dun. Amy gets Amy literally gets up out of the audience and yells at him that the only reason he's opposed to this is because a woman left her for a rope left him for a robot. Yep. And he's like, but she didn't just leave me for a robot. She was a robot. And everybody gasps. It turns out her name wasn't Eunice, it was Unit. Unit 47. And uh It gets a we get a really, really good 
uh, image of him and this robot skipping because it's it's closer to the Crushinator than anything else. Uh-huh. Which is skipping up and down through these posies is very funny to me. And then the professor realizes the errors of his ways, um, and he's suddenly just like, "I may put myself in danger of losing this debate, but I support Proposition Infinity." Back at Planet Express, everyone's watching the results come in, and they've approved Prop Infinity. Hooray! Mm-hmm. And um, there is much rejoicing. Amy is happy that they can now have a loving, monogamous relationship like everyone else. Bender gets about three words into a sentence. He's like, wait, monogamous? And then it cuts to him on a beach surrounded by two other fembots. Uh-huh. Drinking some kind of cocktail. Amy is uh, sitting in her uh, apartment. Uh, no, I think he's she's in Plan X, Plan Express. Oh, I thought she was in her apartment. It could be either. Is she's somewhere sad. being sad. She's sad. She's like clutching a pillow because she's like, you know, that sad. She's pillow clutchingly sad. Yeah. On the radio, there is a long distance dedication from a squishy green bad boy to a pink pork dumpling. And then you what? <laughs> no, I just I I realized that was what was said, but I yes. didn't really soak in those yeah, words. It's it's something. And then. Amy hears a motorcycle rev outside and she looks out the window and it is Kiff wearing a a leather jacket and kind of doing a bad, doing his best bad boy snarl. And then they drive, they ride into the sunset together. And that is the end of the episode. You did forget to mention that it is the song Shut Up and Love Me by Wailing Fungus. I cannot... I am so disappointed in myself because I literally walked in here and said, like, I want you to get <laughs> Shut Up and Love Me by Wailing Fungus in this podcast somehow. The actual music. And I forgot to mention it. Uh-huh. And I can never forgive myself for this moment. But damn you, League of Jeremy's. That means that it is time for Grades. I mean, this is uh, two weeks in a row we've had something not... I mean, current events. I I wouldn't call this one satire. It's not. No, it's really not. It's it's fine. <laughs> I don't think I. I mean, I really like some of the bits. Like I would. I if there were more more circusitis, I think I'd give it a higher grade because <laughs> I love that. But it's also got some very weird visual physical bits. Like the the tornado stuff is really funny. Uh, I it it's it's almost like the main plot is fine so everything else can be kind of goofy and silly and hilarious and i think that's kind of a pretty standard setup for a futurama where it's a little straightforward but i think the plot has to nail it when it when it is kind of straightforward like that i don't think it does it as well as it needs to there are certainly good bits like the you know like i said the circusitis the tornado bit the um uh the wine robot which i think was was very good in the very few few moments we shared with that wine robot so i think i, I don't know it's it's not one i'm gonna want to watch again but it's it was enjoyable to watch and it had really funny bits that i'd probably look up um so probably c plus okay um yeah, I'm, not, I'm not i'm not solidified on that but that that feels right okay so i wasn't really looking forward to this episode because i remembered really not caring for it at the time mm-hmm. um you know i've seen it a couple times since but like haven't really done a deep dive on it i just remember when it was new and like proposition eight was still a thing yeah um 
and you know, like we said, it was it's not really satire. I mean, I think that uh, the writers make it apparent that like in terms of Proposition Eight, they were against it because you know they uh, think equality is equality, and then you know that's that's sure. good. Yeah, but I would uh, like we said, I wouldn't call it satire. It was sort of like this is a thing that's going on. We need to do an episode about it. Right. And I think that the actual plot itself was a big fat meh. Okay. Like I don't really care one way or the other, but I will say on this rewatch, I was laughing a lot more than I remember. Mm -hmm. And so I think that, uh, this is one that actually, while yes, the Proposition Infinity, Proposition 8 thing does really date it, I think this is one where that t- uh, that dating of it actually helps. Okay. Because I'm not like, God, you're just like trying to jump on this while it's still hot. Like, I can, from a distance, be like, yeah, okay, maybe you could have done it better. But mm. it's enough distance where I can be like, oh, yeah, no, I think that that tornado... Uh, capturing scene was great circusitis was great um the wine robot was great Mm -hmm. the ghost and horse was great sure like i can cite so many different jokes that i was laughing out loud at and for me i mean i like a good plot in my futurama episodes they don't need to be there to be funny. And I think that this episode is a good example of that. Okay. I'm actually going to give it a B. Oh, wow. Okay. A much higher grade than I was actually anticipating. But, I mean, it was a funny episode. I can't deny it. It has its problems, but, you know, I'll watch it again. I'll enjoy it again. Okay. So. Well, that sounds good. I would love to hear our listeners and what they think about yeah. this episode. Or any episode of Futurama. Yeah, we want to know what you think about this episode, other episodes, uh, about uh, the League of Jeremy's. Are you pro-League of Jeremy's or anti-League of Jeremy's? We are firmly on the anti-side. Are you... What else did we even talk about? Um, oh, what is what is the most annoying ringtone you have ever heard? I want to know if there is anything that can beat Daddy Pick Up the Phone. And what would be the most annoying smell tone? So let us know... All this and more, we want to hear from you. There are plenty of ways to do that. You can email us at backtothefuturamapodcast at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at backtofuturama. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash backtofuturama. We are on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, so find us there, review us, rate us, subscribe, and send to your friends. And we can all ride against the League of Jeremy's together. And uh, don't forget... Uh, we have a Patreon. If you want to mm-hmm. support this, if you want to help fight the League of Jeremy's. Um, I do like the fact that we're now, it's a noble fight against the League of Jeremy's. Look, an hour ago, I was like, this is the stupidest thing. Now I'm like, no, I'm all in. This I, have, is, I have gotten been all in. Let's let's fight the League of Jeremy's together. You can support us at patreon.com slash back to Futurama. Um, and whether or not you do, thanks for listening. We always appreciate it. Yeah. We love, we love the fact that you come to the end of these. So if you're listening to this, thank you. If you made it to the end of this, you are the true hero until next week. I'm Ben and I'm Mike. Goodbye Goodbye from from the world world of tomorrow. tomorrow. I told you when, I told you how, and we'll
beat up at town, but you keep on talking, keep on yakking. Shut up and 